Welcome to another edition of the Reporters Roundtable on Radio Chatskill. I'm your host, Patricia Robayo. Today, I'm joined with journalist Leah Mayo of the River Reporter, Chris Riley with the Shawanoclub Journal, Joseph Abraham from the Sullivan County Democrat, and Roger Hannigan-Gilson of the Times Union. Election season is here, and here on the Reporters Roundtable, we'll be keeping you connected with the issues and the candidates before you head to the polls in November. Roger from the Times Union, let's begin with you. The New York's 19th Congressional District, it was very interesting this past year because of the redrawn lines. Currently, the New York 19th Congressional District is seat is held by Pat Ryan, who was the Ulster County County Executive, and who is now running for New York's 18th Congressional District. The candidates for the 19th District currently is Josh Riley, the Democrat, and Mark Marilano, the Republican. Roger, what does the race look like now, leading up to November? Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of down to the wire at this point, um, you know, getting close 20 days, if I do the math, uh, till the election. Uh, so things are kind of heating up. You especially see that with like the number of ads that are being put out. But uh, the one official poll uh, that was done in the 19th district was by Sienna, and it had Josh Riley up by, I think... But uh, it had him up by a significantly margin, margin by five points it was. So that's kind of the official polling as of this point. There's been internal polls, um, some of which were uh, leaked. But, um, you know, as for like an objective uh, uh, poll, Sienna's is the one. You know, this district, uh, you know, the 19th. Uh, before redistricting had gone back and forth, uh, we had John Fazzo, uh, a Republican, uh, lead the district in Congress. Uh, after that, it was Antonio Delgado. And now redistricting has happened. And it really makes me like hope that everyone just stays in the same place for the next 10 years so we don't have to do it again. Because it, it's just you know, created a lot of confusion uh, everywhere. Um, in the 19th district, uh, Antonio Delgado became lieutenant governor, leaving his position open just a few months before the election. So there had to be a special election, which was Mark Molinero versus Pat Ryan. Uh, Pat Ryan won that, um, and now he is running in the 18th district, um, which is just the district lines changed around him, essentially, and he's just running where he lives now, which is the 18th district. Um, but after the special election, uh, the district lines changed. So, you know, there's an entirely different district to be represented now. The old 19th kind of made like a U around the central Albany area. But uh, now the Mid-Hudson region is in the 18th district and the 19th stretches all the way to Ithaca. So it's like new constituents that uh, both candidates have to appeal to. I think it's going to be a tight race. Uh, personally, I, I couldn't, you know, if I if I could pick a winner, I wouldn't be a reporter. I'd be a seer or I don't know, running the country or something. Um, but I think it's going to be a significantly tough race. There's, you know, larger national issues and the issue of whether, you know, Joe Biden is doing an acceptable job. And then there's the personalities and views of the two individual candidates, which they've both been attacking.
acting like crazy um, and some really uh, vitriolic ads that I have had the pleasure of seeing. So, you know, it's getting down to the wire. It's a close race. Uh, the one poll that is really out there has Josh Riley ahead, but Molinero, like, very much within striking distance. In your reporting, Roger, what is some of your takeaways as far as the public goals? Do you feel that they're engaged in this? Like, we're all engaged in this because we're all reporters. We have to be. With the special election, with the redrawn lines, all that happened, there were people went to the polls in August to vote. Now they have to come out again in November. Do you feel people are engaged in this particular election? I think they are, uh, especially if you look at historically. I mean, the 2018 midterms, uh, you know, there was a, a huge a huge surge of people participating. Uh, it was the the highest, a higher proportion of Americans voted in the midterms in 2018 than like any year since like the 19 teens. It was for like 70 years. And I think that interest both locally and nationally is kind of kept at that level. Um, you know, people are a lot more politically engaged than they were like when I was growing up or, or in subsequent years. Um, you just see that you know, with the amount of people voting and then just the, uh, let's say, the passion that is kind of brought into these uh, local political battles. So I think turnout's going to be quite high. It's going to be historically high, I feel. You know, in a way, although there's different candidates and different district lines, you know, this election in a way has happened before with the special election. Uh, Pat Ryan won that, of course, and he won it uh, kind of on the abortion issue. You saw that in his advertising, in his campaign statements, in his Twitter. He really kept hammering home on that. Um, and you kind of see, you see Josh Riley's uh, kind of attacks on Molinero diversifying a bit, but the main attack point seems to be that Molinero will illegalize abortion in, in you know, the country, which he, of course, has never said, and I, I've talked to him about that, and he said that although he is personally pro-life, he does not want an abortion ban, and he would not vote for an abortion ban. Still, you know, he keeps on getting hammered on that point, and, you know, the question is, perhaps, what's being asked here is, you know, not does Mark Molinero on his own feel there should be a national law against abortion, it's when Mark Molinero is in Congress and he has many other Republicans around him who are opposed to abortion, will he still keep his independent or moderate stance and not go along with them? And that's a question for the future. Uh, it's not really answerable, but we, you know, the only thing we can really take is uh, Mark's word and, and he has given his word on that. Chris, from the Shawanka Journal, let's turn to you. The Ulster County seat that was once held by Pat Ryan, who ran for the New York Congressional District for the 19th District and won, and is now running for the New York's 18th Congressional District. The seat's up for grabs, and the candidates for that is Democrat Jen Metzger, former state senator, and James Quigley. What can you tell us about this race and about the debate that's coming up, hosted by the Schwankuk Journal? Uh, we're running it uh, at the with much thanks to the Shadowland Theatre for providing the venue. Um, this election is a pretty classic sort of face-off. You know, Metzger has 
uh, quite a bit of uh, track record. You know, she was quickly uh, is a uh, has been a supervisor in town of Ulster for a long time and uh, a, a real kind of nuts and bolts, uh, you know, get the job done kind of guy. Um, I think this will be an interesting test of whether a woman can win the county executive position. Uh, that will be interesting. Uh, and I think we're seeing that as well on the state uh, level where Kathy Hochul is now for some reason running um, not that far ahead of Mr. Zeldin. Um, and of course, the big thing that we don't know, uh, and I think uh, uh, everyone will touch on this, is just how big a vote changer the abortion issue will be. Because I think um, that there's a sizable number of women who don't vote, haven't voted, haven't been interested until now. And if that's really true, then uh, a lot of races nationwide uh, will be affected by that. But anyway, we look forward to the debate. Uh, Ulster County has a number of issues to discuss. Um, and one of them is just emerged again, which is um, Seneca Meadows, which is not just an issue for Ulster County, but for a lot of counties. And uh, Seneca Meadows is uh, the basically where all the trash is going. It's the gigantic landfill uh, by Seneca Falls over in the center of the state. And um, if it were to close, then we would all have some serious issues. However, um, it's run by a company out of Texas that is uh, rich and freely uses its money in local elections to ensure a Republican uh, town board that has voted to allow Seneca Meadows to stay open. So that particular issue may not show up during the next uh, Ulster County executive term, for which both Mr. Quigley and Jen Metzger would be very grateful because I don't think anybody wants to deal with that one. Um, that's one of those very, well, impossible political issues. What do you do if you, if it were to shut, who do you pick? Where do you select? I mean, Ulster County has already done research. Um, they hired a firm out of uh, Red Hook, I think, uh, to go over the entire county looking for sites that could be thought about in terms of putting up a countywide transfer station stroke dump, stroke landfill. Right, so uh, we are choosing your town and uh, you will be selected for this. Uh, so that's the sort of issue that, that they won't want to deal with. So we look forward to seeing the, how the debate uh, shapes up, whether uh, there'll be any discussion of abortion. I, I, I can't really see that it fits into this, um, but we'll see. That's that, that issue. Other issue, oh, other issue that's relatively important for, especially for Ellenville, uh, is that the last night, the Ulster County Legislature uh, unanimously um, passed Local Law 9 for 2022, which uh, will make the villages in Ulster County whole on tax delinquency. Uh, this is an issue that's been around, oh God, I have written about this, I don't know, innumerable times, uh, for at least 10 years. And so uh, it finally happened. So now, if you're a tax delinquent in the village of Ellenville, you don't get the skate. You will now be dealing with the county. The county uh, attorneys will be after you and so on and so on. And so that is really good news for the village. It allows them to budget and know exactly kind of what they're going to get. The tax levy will be what they get. 
rather than the tax levy minus the delinquencies, which had totaled quite a lot. There was a back debt of about 1.3 million. It's now been reduced to about a little under 500,000, I think. So the village is looking a lot better that way. So that was an important thing for the village of Allenville, a big step forward in their budgeting. Joe, from the Democrat, you were uh, one of the moderators for the debate that happened just recently at the Cartwright for the 51st State Senate between Eric Ball, Democrat, and Republican Peter Orenbacher. Uh, First of all, how was yeah, that was, experience, fun. and what can you tell um, us you know, about this different. particular you know, I race? I had to do my best Chris Raleigh uh, Shadowland Theater impression, uh, you know, but I, I think that it went pretty well, and, uh, you know, it was I think it was both candidates, both sets of candidates, I think, did a good job distinguishing themselves from the other. Peter is the incumbent. Uh, he is. This would be his second term if he's elected. And Eric Ball is a Democrat. Uh, he's in his 30s. Uh, he's a Village of Walton trustee. Uh, so he has some government experience as well. Uh, both For both men, supporting small businesses uh, has been something they both talked about. Uh, in Peter's case, uh, he, uh, or I should say Senator Overwalker, uh, he talked about how he brought his own personal business that he had running in Texas to his hometown in New York State to help kind of jumpstart it and to bring jobs back to New York because that's something a lot of people have talked about. Another thing uh, he talked about was uh, this is Senator O'Brien was protecting farms, uh, fighting against quote unconstitutional gun legislation like the Safe Act, which is his opinion, uh, and um, I know that in our debate. Uh, our staff writer Kirk had reported that uh, Eric had commented that you know he didn't want to see responsible gun owners uh, hurt by legislation, and he was supported the Second Amendment. But uh, like I said, Senator Obacher was um, on his website was talking about that with uh, with certain gun legislation and his belief being unconstitutional. Uh, abortion is an interesting topic because. One thing I'll say about the debates is we had a audience question part where in both debates, people could put questions in a box. I would say overwhelmingly a third or more of those questions had to do with Roe v. Wade and that recent decision. And in all cases, the candidates were saying, you know, in New York State, it's pretty much uh, set in stone that, you know, you have access to abortion if, if you seek it. Uh, and, you know, but there are concerns, obviously, nationally with talks about possible bans or, or, or nationwide bans or whatever. Uh, but in both cases, you know, talking about the issue, uh, Eric Ball said he unequivocally supported the right to choose. Uh, Peter Oberacher said that he believed in, uh, was pro-life, uh, but was open to a discussion uh, regarding certain conditions like incest, rape, danger to a woman's health. So um, I would say that both of their positions are probably similar to that among state uh, party lines or what you probably see nationally, but um, it should be an interesting race. Um, one thing of note is Peter Oberacher was challenged in a primary um, in New York 51 by Terry Bernardo, who is a former chairwoman of the Ulster County Legislature. And interesting enough, Terry, Ob Terry Bernardo beat Oberacher by quite a large percentage when it came to Sullivan County, where me and Liam reside. But obviously, uh, Oberacher won uh, the entire district. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if if that will have any impact on the on the general election. But um, 
but that's sort of where things stand as far as uh, New York 51. Uh, I know Eric Paul also talked about healthcare being a big topic for him and extending it to people uh, who may not be able to afford it. I uh, talked about rural communities and municipalities and helping them find funding for infrastructure. And I know back to Senator Oberacher, another topic, you know, is broadband access and some other issues uh, that, that he has on, both of them have on their website. So it should be an interesting race. I will say that the debate between of them, I thought was very well. And uh, in terms of, you know, I think both candidates held their own and, um, you know, answered questions fully and, um, it's interesting, and I will plug, since we're uh, doing this before the 25th, that on the 25th of October, uh, the debates will re-air on um, WJFF. Uh, Liam, you were there also as a reporter for the River Reporter. Uh, what is sort of your takeaway on the State Assembly 100 district? You have incumbent Aileen Gunther. Um, and she has a challenger this year. Last year, last time she ran, she ran uh, unopposed. But this year, she has a Republican challenger, Lisa LeBlue. From what I understand, um, she is new to politics, and she's just, I'm not sure if she held any public office before. But I, as far as I know, she is very new to to politics. Uh, what is your sort of takeaway on the state assembly race? I don't believe LeBlue has held political office. I think she's been um, in the financial industry, and a lot of Labu's positions in that particular debate were about change and were about bringing kind of a different view up to Albany. She was very interested in making sure people's voices were heard. She was very interested in saying, I believe one of her closing statements was, if you feel like your life is better now than it used to be, that's fine. But if you feel like we're going in the wrong direction and we need a change, whereas Gunther has been the incumbent for the district since 2003, and she ran on that record. She talked about all the money she has brought back to Sullivan County, all of the support she's given to local emergency services and to healthcare workers across the state. So that seemed to be the a, a large overarching difference between the two of them. The question of abortion came up in their debate as it did in the um, Senate debate, and I'll compliment Joe on a very well-run debate. I thought the questions were very good from y'all. The It broke down there sort of on party lines again. Uh, Gunther spoke from her experiences as a registered nurse and said that abortion was health care and uh, believed that it was a woman's right to choose. Uh, Labu said it wasn't really as much of an issue because it was codified in New York law. And just to sort of talk about the abortion more generally, I've seen a little bit of pushback from some journalists recently, and I'm blanking on like where exactly I saw it, but there was a little pushback against the idea that it will be the most important issue for voters. There's some concern that it's been long enough since the decision that it's sort of fading a little bit from voters' minds. And there's a Marist uh, poll that was conducted and published on October 13 about the elections in New York, which sort of ranked the voting issues that uh, New Yorkers are looking at. And from for, in that poll, at least, it was ranked inflation with 28% um, 
of voters saying that's their most important thing, preserving democracy behind that, and then crime and abortion. So I think it's definitely still going to be a very important issue, but I think there is a little bit of um, wiggle room in terms of will it be the most important thing or will it be one of a number of issues that voters are concerning. Another issue that was discussed at the assembly debate was uh, bail reform, and which is, I mean, crime was in that list of uh, top priorities for New York voters. It's one that I think especially Lee Zeldin has focused on in his campaign for uh, governor of New York. Oh, he's had some violent ads just on, on the subject of uh, harsh imagery and ads. And, and I believe there's been some violence close to his campaign, close to his personal home that he has wrapped into his campaign as well. This is an issue in the assembly debate where it doesn't exactly break down along party lines. Uh, Labou, as a Republican, said she was sort of strongly against it, saying that bail reform was failing. And But Gunther as well said that she did not support bail reform. Uh, she said, I believe, that she had voted against it when it had first came up and that she was continuing to try and work to reform the law now that it was the law of the land, um, saying, I'm a Democrat, but I stand up for the right thing. So I think that's uh, potentially an issue where if voters are worried about crime, this might not distinguish Libu from Gunther the same way it might distinguish a stock standard Republican from a stock standard Democrat. The New York Environmental Bond Act is also on the ballot this November election. Well, Liam, what can you tell us about this important issue? Uh, the Environmental Bond Act would at least put $4.2 billion to funding environmental infrastructure and clean drinking water across the state. Um, I've seen the breakdown as about $1.5 billion for climate change mitigation, $1.1 billion uh, for flood risks and the money for other things. And in terms of what it would do for the Sullivan County region specifically, or for the Catskills specifically, Jeff Skelding, who's with the Friends of the Upper Delaware River, wrote an editorial uh, that said it came at a very good time for the Upper Delaware River region, and that um, a lot of the things the bond would fund um, are projects that the uh, Catskills region and the Upper Delaware region kind of need, like replacing aging water and wastewater infrastructure, which I know several towns are kind of having to do. Uh, it's preserving New York State farms and farmland, it's creating local jobs to implement on the ground conservation projects, those, those being his words. But so it, it would just send a lot more money towards these local conservation initiatives, and that's a statewide proposition that will be on the back of the ballot this year. Uh, before we go, uh, is there anything else I had not touched on you want to uh, know about your election coverage? I think the uh, uh, the assembly lawsuit is still, or, uh, you know, challenging the redistricting of the assembly is still being processed by the courts right now. The, the Senate uh, district lines were part of the law, uh, were part of the issue with the congressional district lines. So those were, uh, uh, you know, drawn by the special master uh, a few months ago. But the assembly districts are still um, up for redistricting. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on another edition of the Reporters Roundtable.
I've been your host, Patricio Robayo, and today I was joined with Liam Mayo of the River Reporter, Chris Raleigh, with the Schwanakuk Journal, Joseph Abraham from the Sullivan County Democrat, and Roger Hannigan Gilson of the Times Union. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Robayo.